Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Rachel's word a minute ago that this short message is exactly where I need to land this morning, where we need to land. So are you ready for the title? Here we go. Get off your butts. B-U-T-S. I can be honest with you this morning because God is speaking to me about this. I don't believe that this is a space filler message. I believe it's needed for all of us. Can I also say this is not a message about serving, although it does include that. But it is one about excuses, about insecurity, and sometimes even our comfort. Aren't we so thankful that Rachel got off her butt in both ways and did something about it in that amazing country? So, before I go any further, there are times in life, and you know this, where we just don't feel like it. There are times where all we want is a bit of a pity party. There are times where all we need is just a good moan. And how can I say this? Ask my wife. <laughs> I'm a typical British moaner at heart. And that is a British thing, of course. Ne- never mind an American thing. But, but. And that's where this message is going today. Life is hard. And it's okay not to be okay. There are difficult seasons. There are difficult times. They sometimes come because of poor decisions that have been made on your behalf and sometimes, sometimes because of poor decisions we've made or simply because we, we live in a fallen world. And in the middle of that, it is okay to not be okay. And can I encourage you, if you are not okay this morning, don't struggle alone. We have people here whose job it is this morning on the prayer point to make sure that you are okay. Do not leave this room without going over to the prayer point and get prayer. Get someone to help you with whatever you are going through. You don't need to struggle alone. You don't. If you've been a Christian longer than two hours, you'll know that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything will be hunky-dory. In fact, Jesus himself knew this, and that's why he said in John 16, verse 33, on the screens, in this world you will have not you might have, or sometimes you will have. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So let me introduce you to a man named Paul. Paul, like some of us in here, hopefully in our past, didn't like Christians. In fact, he persecuted them. He put them in prison. And sometimes, in fact, he was even involved in a murder of one of these Christians. And Paul, like many of you know, on his way to threaten and perhaps kill more Christians, had an experience on the road to Damascus. He dramatically repented. He turned his life around. We sang about it this morning in that first song. Pick me up, he turned me around. He was heading this way and he met Jesus and he started heading another way. That is all that repenting means. And he turned towards Jesus And then start to live a life for Christ rather than against Christ. Now, Paul, because of the choices that he made to follow Christ, came up against lots of persecution. Not only was he a Christ follower, but actually he was a bit of a hypocrite. Because he was now following the very thing that he used to 
persecute. So that added more persecution to his life. Hear me right when I say this. Paul had a big butt. He tells us the kind of butt he had in his life. In 2 Corinthians, it says this. I have been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move, been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And beside everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all the churches. Paul had a big butt. Any one of these things could have thrown any one of us off track. Yet he endured all of them. And here I am, here I am, here we are sometimes thinking we have it hard because we can't get what we want, because someone's been unkind to us at work because we're a Christian, because we've got to go out of our comfortable and warm houses a few nights a week to go and help serve someone else towards Jesus. Dare I even say it, because... We have to get up early on a Sunday morning and come to church. I have to, we have to repent, turn from this mindset. We get to, we get to, we can see the lives that are being turned around. Paul got off his butt. Like Rachel, he got off his butt. This is what he wrote in Romans 5. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we, we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. When we were utterly helpless. If you've never heard this before, please take note. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. And died for us sinners. Isn't it so clear that Paul got off his butts? Not because he didn't have any. But because he had a different mindset. Get off our butts. What we're going to do now for the next 10 minutes. As I, as I come to the next part of my message. We're going to read a part of the Bible together in the Old Testament. And hopefully... It will bring it alive in our lives. Because I can relate to the person that we're going to speak about. And if you have a Bible or if you don't, to, to, if you have a Bible, turn to it. If you don't, on the screens. We're going to turn to Judges 6. And I love this story. It's a story of Gideon. And this can teach us a lot about how God wants us to deal with our books today. So a bit of a backstory, verse 1. There's a lot of the Bible today, and I've done it on purpose because it's powerful. Verse 1 says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. 
Because the power of, the Mid of Midian was so, so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. But to put it short, basically what's happening here is that the Israelites had been under the protection of God for many, many years. And God had said, I'll protect you and I will be with you if you stay true to me. And they weren't. They were starting to turn away from him, turn towards other things, rebelling against God, trusting in themselves, doing things their own way instead of God. So God removed this protection from them. God didn't cause, cause all this rubbish to happen to them, but he allowed it to for a reason. To humble them and bring them back to himself. Doesn't this sound like what is happening today in our worlds? We are relying on ourselves way too much. We are relying on our knowledge. We are relying on our own money, our own health, our own politicians. The list could go on. Where we should be relying on God. And this is the promise of God if we rely on him and turn to him. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, that's all of us, we are called by his name, we'll humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn, repent, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Isn't that amazing? So back to the story, we'll fast forward to verse 10 and 11. It says this, I told you, this is God speaking, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites and those whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak tree where Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Here we see Gideon, the guy that I want to talk about, an Israelite, the one being persecuted. He stood at the bottom of a wine press, hiding. Because God's protection wasn't on the Israelites, the enemy would come down from the hills and steal all the food, all the tomatoes from Tesco, all the toilet roll from Aldi, all the produce, all the money, so the Israelites, even though they had things, they would actually end up starving. And because of this, Gideon is working in a hole in the ground. So no one can see him. He's fearful, he's anxious, he's scared. And verse 12 says this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. When I read this, I scanned through it thinking that I could hear nothing from that. But actually, I took a moment to pause. Again, remember, he's working in fear anyway. He's doing something in secret. He's hoping no one can see or hear him. And then out of nowhere, there's an angel sat at the top of the hole that he is sitting on. If you know anything about me, I love to make people jump. I absolutely love it. Whether it's my grandma, my friends, or even my campus pastor sometimes. And I like to imagine myself in the story of Gideon. And I want to show you a video of how I see the angel of the Lord appearing to Gideon. Here we go. 
<laughs> Isaac Thorpe is on the front there. There he is. I think God has a sense of humor. Imagine how much Gideon would have jumped. I would have absolutely jumped out my skin. Back to the story. After Gideon had calmed down, probably changed his trousers or whatever he might have needed, he says this, pardon me, my Lord. Now, that is funny in itself. If someone just jumped out on me, I would not say pardon me. don't know if anyone would hear. But it says, Gideon replied, and here's the first but. But, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? The Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. In other words, if you say you love us, God, why are we going through all of this? Why are we losing our people? Why are we starving? Why do we have no money? Why is all this happening to us? And if we're completely honest, I think every one of us may have asked God something similar in our lives. God, if you love us, why are we suffering like this? Why have I lost my job? Why do people go starving? Why do people like Rachel have to go to countries like Albania to go and get them out of what they're in? Why? God, why? And you know, it is okay to have those questions with God. Don't let this be a lid of doubt on your life, please. If Gideon, who was written about for centuries, talked about, who did incredible things for God, had these questions, surely it's okay for us to. So what was the Lord's answer to Gideon questioning God? Gideon's but, it's this, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? In other words, Gideon, if we, Gideon was a part of this church, Gideon, go and grow and love and serve your world with the strength that I give you, not your own. I hear your question, Gideon. I hear your but. And my answer is you. You are still the answer. You still have a job to do in this world, Gideon. As I am humble in the world, you have a job to do. In the middle of your questions, Arena Church, in the middle of your buts, you and I have a job to do still. To go and tell the world about him. Get off our butts. Gideon's answer is so important here. And this is where I would be, probably most of us in this room, if God had said the same thing to you and I in that, concept, con in that context. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon, Gideon replied, but there it is again. How can I save Israel? How can I go and love and serve our world? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. We're called to go make a difference in our worlds, in our families, in our jobs. But I'm from a poor family with no influence. But I'm from the worst part of this area. But I have so many questions about God still. But I can't be bothered. But I feel like I'm safer alone. But I have no gifts to give. But there's so much, so many other people more qualified than me. 
And God's answer to Gideon is the same answer as it is to ours. The Lord answered Gideon and said, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites. In other words, Gideon, get off your butt. I am with you and I will help you if you just trust in me. You will see this world changed. And he answers us too, Arena. Get off your butts. Know I am with you and I am calling you. I am calling and equipping you to go and change your world. So Gideon goes and does it. The Bible says this, that same night, that same night, I love that, it didn't delay. Whatever God has told you to do, do it today. Don't let this be a message that you hear and pass by. Is this something we need to respond to what Rachel brought to us? Is God asking you to mend a relationship with your family that will change your family's world? Do it today. Today. Is God asking you to sign up to serve in Arena Church? You've been putting it off. You've said no to it throughout COVID and you've become comfortable. No, do it today. Is God speaking to you about drawing close to him? Do it today. How about this one? Is God speaking to you about giving your life finally to him? Surrendering control and giving him the steering wheel to your life. Please don't delay. There's not a better decision that you can make. Do it today. That same night, Gideon did as the Lord told him. But here it is again. Even now, but... Because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. God had already told him that he was going to be okay, so he goes and does it. But even then, he's still hiding. He's still afraid. He's still scared. Here's my point. He still had his butts, but he did what God told him to do. And what happened? The very thing God promised happened. Gideon changed the trajectory of all the mess that was going on in his nation, even with his books. So here's a statement I want you to remember. You can still change the world with your butts. Your health is not an excuse to not change the world. Your diary is not an excuse to not change the world. Yes, you may want to complete Netflix, but that is not going to change the world. Your children, this is so important, and I can I please stress this, as a new father, please. Your children are not stopping you change, changing the world. Don't use them as an excuse. Your dogs, your cats, your pets, they are no excuse for you not changing the world. Your comfort, your comfort that you may have picked up during COVID, it is no excuse to not change the world. I can be as direct as this because God is speaking to me about it. They may be buts, but Gideon showed us that we can change the world with our buts, with them. Get off your buts. In 1834, I was going to say, Phil, can you remember that? But then I thought, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Think before you speak, Jono. 
1834, there was a man born with the name Charles Spurgeon. By 1855, when he was 22 years old, he had a church numbering more than 20,000 in London. He was impacting so many people with his words, with his writing, with his life. On the outside, it looked like he had it all together. But what was happening on the inside, and you can read about this, it's amazing. Mentally, he was in pain. So much so that today he would almost certainly be diagnosed as clinically depressed. It would hit him so intensely, and he was often treated with medication and therapy. Then from the age of 33, physical pain, not just mental pain, but physical pain, became a large and constant feature of life for him. He suffered from a burning kidney disease, as well as gout, rheumatism, and neuritis. The pain was excruciating. This man could have said, God, You've called me to these people, but I'm depressed. But I feel sorry for myself. But why me, Lord? I can't even stand up to preach. He couldn't even stand up to the end of his life. Surely you can choose someone else other than me. And in all this, Spurgeon believed that God had a good purpose in all of, of his buts. And because of that, these are his words. He felt he had become a better prepared and more compassionate pastor. The mindset that he had was incredible. He got off his butts. And by the end of his life, he had preached the gospel to more than 10 million people right until his dying breath. What I'm trying to say, as I'm sure you understand, is that having butts, we all have them, it's normal. But it's a choice, it's a mindset to get off them. And I want every one of us today to make that choice to get off our butts, our questions, and dare I say, even our comfortable lives, and to go and make a huge difference in this world that so desperately need Jesus, now more than ever. And what will happen as we do? If we all get off these butts with the help of Jesus, we can see a pandemic of hope spreading from our lives into our worlds, into our towns, into our cities, into our surrounding areas, and even into the world. As we get off our butts. Arena Church, please remember, like Gideon, like Paul, you have a job to do. You are made on purpose and you are made for a purpose. You are not here just to take up space. You are not here to just sit on a nice, comfortable red seat in this building. And that purpose that we are made for is not for ourselves. It's not to elevate ourselves. It's not to bring honor and glory to ourselves. It is to bring honor and glory to God and for the good of other people. Now it's time to get off our butts and go and grow and love and serve our world. We can all be world changers. Having your butts is actually a sign that God will use you. God wants to use you because his power is made perfect when we're weak. The Bible is full to the brim of called Jesus followers who had butts. So why are we any different? Get off your butts. Let's pray.
We're just going to take a moment right now. And I, I said at the start of my message about making a great decision to follow Jesus. And perhaps you have been putting it off. Perhaps there's someone that's here that's been impacted by the words that we've, we've said and we've sang. And you know that you need to repent. You need to turn from the way that you were going and turn towards Jesus. And let him change your world so you can be a world changer. And I wonder, I'm, I've asked every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. Literally, that is, the, that is the truth. If every head could be bowed and eyes closed, give people space to do this. If God is speaking to you, my eyes are open, by the way. No one else's. If God is speaking to you and you want to respond, today is the day. Today is the day. And all I'm going to ask is that you would raise your hand. Wherever you are, that you would just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. So God, I thank you for these people that have not delayed, like Gideon. They've done it today. They've put their trust and their hope in you, God. And I pray that you would meet them where they are at right now. That the God of peace would bring that peace that goes beyond all understanding. Lord, I pray that you would put inside of them the hope that we sang about at the start of this service. Lord, and I pray that you would uh, do something incredible through their lives. Help them know that even though they have books, they can change the world with them. And I wonder, for everyone else, I was going to say, let's all get off our books, but we're not going to do that. If God has been speaking to you about something, can I please encourage you, implore you almost, to not let this day go by without doing something about it. Whether it's getting prayer, whether it's signing up to serve again, whether it's speaking to Rachel, whatever it may be, get off our butts and let's do something about it. So God, we pray that you would confirm this message in people's hearts, that you would do something that only you can do, God. You say that your words will not return void and I pray that that would be the case here this morning. Thank you for the privilege of speaking about you, Lord, this morning. God, I pray that you would bring honor and glory to your name and confirm every word that has been spoken. In Jesus' name, amen.